Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today, we've got a little bit different of an episode for you that I'm very excited about. I've had a lot of people ask me how I keep up relationships and set boundaries and expectations based on what's best for me, my health, and my mindset. So I've talked a bit about this before with my relationship with my husband and my work relationships, that kind of stuff, but where we haven't gotten into yet is friendships. So with that, today I brought back my best friend, Michelle, on the show. So welcome back, Michelle. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. (laughs) I know. So like, if people don't know, my second episode on this podcast was with Michelle. We actually talked about her journey with PCOS and endometriosis. So make sure you go And listen to that one after this if you haven't. But today, Michelle and I are going to talk about what it's like to be in a friendship with chronic illness and how do we be good friends having chronic illness and how do we ask our friends to be good to us. So all that jazz, I'm excited today to talk about all of that stuff. I actually have quite a few questions um, from some of you that I've gotten on Instagram, so we're going to go through those. But just one last thing, this episode honestly could be for anyone. It's not just for anyone with chronic issues. I think those of us with chronic issues have to pay attention to our boundaries a little bit more than others. But in the end, all relationships can be difficult and require a good amount of work, boundaries, and love. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But Michelle, how about, why don't you give a little bit of background on you and then we can kind of talk about uh, some background on our friendship. Okay. Background on me. Um, I was, um, diagnosed with endometriosis and PCOS in 2017 after almost two decades, just Mm -hmm. shy of two decades worth of going to doctors and asking for help, um, piling up medical bills from trips to the ER, chronic pain, um, my parents never knowing how to help me, never understanding like what I was going through. Um, Long story short, I enough is enough. I went went to a doctor. I found a doctor while we were living in Hawaii, who I will praise until my last days on this earth for validating my feelings and validating what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently am living in California. We are a military family, so we've moved around a lot. I've had to find different providers. I've um, also had to be really good about advocating for myself because I don't have stability in the sense of medical care per se, um, or the environment that I'm in. So yeah, you're kind of thrown literally all over the country. You have lived from coast to coast from really the only place you haven't lived is, well, no, you lived in the South too. (laughs) You literally (laughs) lived in 
been every inch of the United States, it feels like. I have. I've been in the Midwest. I've been in the East Coast, the South. Well, I guess I was in South Carolina, so that's still the East Coast, but it's the South East Coast. Yeah. I've been in the Pacific Ocean. I'm now on the West Coast. Yeah. I've been all over. Yeah. Yeah. You've kind of seen it all. <laughs> that's <for sure. laughs> yeah. That's, that's important, I think, to remember just like having to find new doctors, having like, that's one of the things uh, Ben and I really want to move at some point, but I'm scared because I have a, a practitioner here that I trust. So it's scary to have to like start that whole thing over again, but yeah. Incredibly scary, yeah. which I haven't had the best success yet. If I'm being honest yet in California, um, I did, as soon as I got here, I took my referral to the provider that I was like referred to or recommended to. Um, <clears throat> but because I've grown so much in knowing what is good for me and what is best for me and in my own disease and like my chronic illness, I immediately knew after that first appointment that that was not the appropriate provider for me. So I, I've still been in the search for, for somebody and we've been here a year. So yeah. Yeah, I think like that kind of ties in too to what we're going to talk about today. Like in the end, a big thing with all of these boundaries and all of these things and how to be good in relationships is knowing how to advocate for yourself. It's knowing how to stand up for yourself. It's knowing how to tell people what you need, what you don't need, and be able to stand in that even when it feels really, really difficult. So, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, why don't you, do you want to give a little background on, on how we met? How do like on our oh, friendship? So you and I met in preschool. Yeah. So just a long, little bit ago. Long story short, yeah. our friends actually knew each other. They went to school together. They were friends before we even existed or were a twinkle in anybody's eye. Um, and we grew up across, well, first down the road and then across the street yeah. <laughs> from one another our entire lives. And we went to preschool together. So here we are many, many, many years later. I know. I can't even like count it anymore. The 27. <laughs> I'm like, how old are you? 29, almost 30 years ago. Holy cow. Yeah. It'll be 30 like next year, probably. Anyway. Yeah. So we've been friends for a really long time. Um, Michelle and I grew up in a very small town. So we, you know, we went to school together. We grew up together, like not even in school. We rode the bus together. We drove to school together in high school. Like we were pretty close. We definitely had, I mean, any, like any friendship, we would have moments where we weren't quote unquote friends at the time and then we would be friends 10 minutes later so we went through all that typical stuff but um and then kind of dealing with like the adult side of friendship too when you no longer live across from each other when you're going to different colleges and different states and how to manage that so we've kind of been through all different parts of our lives together. I mean, you were just in my wedding, so we've been, <laughs> we've basically done all the parts so far. So it's been been a crazy twenty nine years. That's crazy to think about. But also, that makes us really old. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't <laughs> tell people that we've just been yeah. friends for a really long time. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah. So with that, actually, we kind of just answered question number one, but I'll, I will read it. And we can kind of take it from where we're at right now as well. So the first question that I received from Instagram was, how did you meet? 
I lost most of my friends years ago because I'd go from one crisis to another. My dearest friend is in another city and is busy with her design business. I'm resigning or I'm resigning myself to the fact that I'm too old and too damaged, which I'm just first going to say you are not too old and you are not too damaged and you deserve to have friends and you deserve to have support. Um, But I do understand not only the difficulty of finding new friends when you're quote unquote older, AKA I feel like as soon as you're out of college, it becomes more difficult to find friends. Um, But then also uh, what was the second part was, oh, like having a friend that lives further away, which is something we can definitely talk to. So why don't we start with like, are there any ways that you try to start friendships now? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say to that person, it breaks my heart that you feel like you're too damaged to to have friends or to make new friends um because yes like you and I have certainly experienced the like the distance in that sort of thing um and like my my response to that I guess is like twofold like one as like you said when you leave high school you're no longer around those people like relationships change and people change and that's okay um but you're most definitely not too damaged or too old to make to make new friends. Um, I've experienced both the being away from my longtime friends to being in college, to leaving those college friends. And then the, um, military family side of it, where like I've made friends all across this country and had to say goodbye to them over and over again. And truly that's like the hardest part about moving is the relationships that you make. And I'll be honest, it's not like I have a ton of friends. I could probably count them on two hands. Um, and the way that I've done that is I've, um, been very particular, which this, this, if you, if you don't already practice this, this may sound strange or it may sound quote unquote mean, but like, I've been very particular about the people that I spend time with. Mm -hmm. So I, I pick up energies very easily, um, and vibes very easily. And I can tell within one single interaction, whether or not your vibe and energy is something that I want to invest in. And I want to, um, exhaust my energy around. Um, and it also comes down to like, what are your likes or your interests or your dislikes currently here in California? Um, I've made friends. I joined a church. Um, I found a church that I enjoyed and I joined a a small group with that church and I've made some awesome friends from that um, as well as friends from work. I don't have like a ton of friends, um, but also I've connected with people. um, I've used Bumble, the the friend portion of Bumble um, to meet new people, to to meet new girls. but, but it is honestly hard as an adult. It's incredibly hard to meet people because one, like we're all busy. We all have lives at this point, at this stage in our life. Like you have work, you have your family, you have your spouse or your significant other, maybe you have kids. Um, and then on top of that, you also have potentially like your chronic illness or whatever it is that you're, you're, you're dealing with. Um, so that's how I've done it. I've just found, I've just, I've been very particular about who I'm spending my time with. And from there, if it's, if I meet somebody and I like their energy or I can feel that it's going to be a good interaction, a healthy interaction for myself, then I just like move forward with that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I like how you said, like making sure that they're the type of person 
or that it's a relationship that you want to invest in. I think that's such a good way to look at a friendship because it is an investment. And especially for those of us that are very particular about our energy and like making sure that we are not exerting it in ways that we don't need to, um, it, it becomes a, a quality versus quantity, quality over quantity uh, statement, I guess, because for me, I've actually lost quite a few friends in the last year. I've lost um, friends that I thought were like my soul sister friends. And it's because I had to come to terms with the fact that like, while I really loved those people, they weren't willing to invest in me the way that I was willing to invest in them. And that's a really hard decision to make. But I will say that like letting go of those friendships that are holding me back in a way because they're, they're using up so much of my energy because I want it to work so badly. When I let that go, I've had new friendships come into my life that are much, much more loving and, um, and just compassionate than previous friendships were. So you're kind of letting go of some form of energy, but like, because you're letting that go, you're open to new stuff. So for me, um, and something that, that people can do too, if you're new in an area, or maybe you don't have as much time to leave the house because like you said, you have kids or something like that. Um, social media is great for that. I, I personally have made a lot of connections via social media. Some of them, I've met in person. I mean, my husband, I met on Instagram. Um, so, and I recently have met a, a very good friend of mine who became a very good friend very quickly via social media, but she does happen to live in the area. So we are able to meet up a couple of times, but social media can be a really good place to connect to people like you. So if you have an Instagram account and you're talking about your Hashimoto's or your PCOS or something like that, and you can connect with other people that are dealing with the same things. I will say just a little note on that though. You have to be careful with social media. <laughs> yeah. Because Michelle's giving me a little pump up sign here, but like you have to be careful. Um, just because it, you also can use way too much energy in that way. And you can also be bombarded with people who use you as a venting ground and or um, come at you with a little bit more negativity than you need. I, I personally feel like if we're on this chronic illness journey and we are on this life journey of trying to have as much energy as possible, staying as far away from those vampires, those energy vampires that are out there as possible because they exist and they're going to come running for you. So you have to be you have to be ready and willing to set those boundaries, which we can talk about in a little bit. But social media can be helpful for finding people in person and online. Um, and it's also an easy way to connect with people. I do Zoom calls with um, two women that I met on Instagram. And we do a Zoom call once a month just to like chat about where our businesses are at, which is fun. So um, so that's another way you can make friendships outside of just meeting people in somewhere. Because sometimes for me, I work from home, so I don't go to work very much. So I don't really make the friendships there as much as possible. Um, so social media has kind of helped me in that realm. But yeah. I absolutely agree with you on the whole being careful. Social media is fantastic, mm -hmm. but you have to be very careful and learn to have boundaries. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've dealt with that a little bit. I mean, I've talked about this a little bit before on Instagram, but just like even Facebook groups that I've been in having to leave because everybody was just too negative. Like, and for me in, in, at that part in my healing journey, I knew myself well enough that I could easily be pulled into that like state of victimhood. And, and I knew that it was something that I could do naturally and I didn't need someone else helping me pull, pull me down into that area. So I wanted to be around people that, that did the opposite of that. So, yeah. Which is exactly <clears throat> pardon which is exactly like how I felt as well in fact when I got my diagnosis I found uh like Facebook pages and stuff and I left every single one of them I am only a part of one page and it's actually a medical information page it's not a support page it's not a like come here and woe is me it's we have these files we have done this research for you we have just put it into one place for you here you go mm -hmm. and I have found specifically because when I, I, same thing happened to me, like you get into those pages and it's like everything is negative and that doesn't help you at yeah. all. Yeah. And that I think is a good area to like step outside of chronic illness pages, like go in it, for something you're interested in. Like you were just talking about with church or like a military family, like finding um, groups or following people on Instagram that are in that same part of your life. Not everybody that you follow needs to have a chronic illness. Like for me, I've even noticed that I've like kind of really focused in on helping this person with a chronic illness, but truly what I want to do is empower women. I want to empower women who have chronic illness, who don't have chronic illness, who don't want to get chronic illness or don't want chronic issues. And it all comes down to a lot of the same things and it's boundaries and it's taking care of your energy and it's connecting with the right people. And so just kind of being open to making friends outside of chronic illness and understanding that like I can make like this friend that I was just talking about who, um, who I met recently, she does not have a chronic illness, but she understands my boundaries. She is open to listening and learning and that's all that's important. I don't need her to have a chronic illness to be my friend. Like you and I didn't have chronic illnesses when we met. At three. <laughs> we were actually very happy at that point. <laughs> so, like, that wasn't an issue. So I think also being open to that, I think in the chronic illness space, sometimes we get so sucked into like, I have to be within this space, but truly it's just finding people that you vibe with and that you like listening to and you like talking to, but. Totally agree. Cool. Okay. So the next question um, says how to be friends with people when you have chronic illness, what can you do to ask them? Oh, wait. What can you do to ask for what you need from these friends? So yeah, what like how in a friendship, whether it's a new friendship or an old friendship, how do you tell people what you need? Because that can definitely be super scary. How would you go about it? Um, <clears throat> I've had to learn how to communicate. Um, first of all, I had to learn what my boundaries were. I had to learn what I needed. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically like within my personal relationship with my boyfriend, I had to learn how to communicate to him. And he is my friend, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had to learn how to communicate to him what I needed when I wasn't feeling well, when I'm having a flare up. Mm -hmm. um, and that really just translates, this, translates the same to 
my friendships that I have. You know, I had to learn how to, like, I had to learn, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I need in this moment. These are the people that I'm around and I just have to ask for X, Y, Z. I also learned, I had to learn how to say no. Um, I had to learn that it was okay for me to say no. Um, And I don't necessarily have to explain myself to people but I can say no in a polite way, um, whether it's being invited to something or if it's, you know, friends wanting to hang out or if it's somebody needing something from me. If I was not, if I'm not in that capacity or able to mentally handle or take on what it was that they needed from me or to do, I just had to learn how to do that. So it's, it's most definitely been it's still something that I have to like work on daily, but it's more so I just start by learning what I needed first and then learning how to communicate that and just being honest with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, all of this, all of this stuff, which I kind of mentioned in the beginning comes down to like what you have to know what you need first. And like, that's easier said than done. Like it, there's still days where I'm like, I don't know what I need. I just feel like shit. (laughs) Like, but I think for me, a big thing, um, was learning to trust people with that information, um, was learning that if I gave people this vulnerable information about myself, that they would hold that and, and cherish that and care for that. And I, I needed to understand that people would do that for me. So a lot of it was like a self-worth thing. I had to understand that people did think that I was worth their time and effort to, to put into. Um, Another thing that I wrote down that you were talking about, I think the biggest thing for all of us to remember, whether you have chronic illness or not, is you are not a burden. And if you feel that you are a burden to someone, get them the hell out of your life. Like, I don't care who it is, even if it means you don't talk to your mom for a year. Okay. Like you are not a burden. Like, and, and you shouldn't feel that way. If you are friends with someone, if you are becoming friends with someone, you, even for me, um, going to eat at people's houses, this was something I had to get over was when I go to Ben's like families, Christmas and stuff like that is being like, Hey, are you going to have gluten-free food there? If you're not, I'll bring my own, but like putting that need out there and they make gluten-free food for me because they want me to be comfortable. But it's the same when I'm going to meet up with someone new or at a work function or something is like this, I have to eat gluten-free food. If there's not gluten-free food, then I cannot eat. And then I will be very sick. So, but being able to put out that need to people and not feeling like a burden because they have to make something special for you. Um, or just in general, like having relationships with people and you know, you're having a bad day and you really just need someone to support you is being open to discussing that with your friend and not feeling like a burden. Now I will say on the other end of that is like, we also need to be cognizant of like not always just unloading on a friend. This is where the other, the opposite side of this, like how do I have a chronic illness and be a good friend is you don't want to go into every conversation. You know, every time I talk to you, I don't want to be like, wow, I have brain fog. And like, I feel like crap and my day is awful and this and this and this and this. And then don't ever ask you how you're doing, what's going on in your life. How are you feeling? How, and 
understanding that whether they have chronic illness or not, their problems and the things they want to talk about are just as important. So making sure if you're expecting someone to support you, that you're also supporting them. 100%. I had to learn how to say, like, this is how you can support me. How can I support you? Mm. Like, what can I do for you? You know, or just like saying like, that sounds like it really sucks, you know, like reciprocating the effort because it's an investment for you to put into that friendship as well as it's investment for them to put into you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's a lot, but at the same time, like the more boundaries you set, the more like you tell people what you want, the better type of relationship you're going to be in. If someone really cares about you and wants to be in your life, they're going to want to do things for you that help you and vice versa. You're going to want to do that for them. And I think, yeah, I just think that that's super important to remember that reciprocity and like making sure that you're caring for someone else. I mean, and to like, just not always using someone as a venting ground. I struggle with this with my husband. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I should probably tell him the good things that are happening in my life too. But like, this is something that we do every day that I really enjoy is that we send each other voice memos. So in the morning, Michelle and I will send each other a voice memo talking about things we're grateful for, our affirmation for the day and our goal for the day, like our big one or two goals for the day. And a lot of times we'll also update each other on how life is going, where things are at. And there's some days where our, our goals are like not kill someone or like today I'm grateful that I woke up like because I'm just crabby today. And so then we're able to shift that mindset with each other, with someone that we trust. But at the same time, I'm able to kind of or you're able to like read between the lines there and be like, cool, I'm glad you're grateful for this. What's happening here though? How can I help you and support you in this way? So that's really helpful. I totally recommend that to anyone is finding a, an accountability partner, friend to do that little thing with every morning. I think that you and I have been doing that for like a year now. Yeah, I think a so. Little over, a little over a year maybe. And it's been I've always been, and I think you can attest to this, I find the positive in things. Mm -hmm. I try to be positive. I mean, everybody has bad days. Nobody's perfect. Um, and stuff sucks. Like sometimes days just suck. Diagnosis suck. Like doctors suck. Like yeah. that stuff just sucks. But like focusing on the positives and the things that you can control also like maybe helping your friends do the same and like teaching them to do the same and like us having this morning routine for the last a little over a year has been a game changer to my days because there are days that I wake up and it's like I really don't feel well today but like I get to send that message and the first thing I'm doing is thinking of like okay what am I grateful for mm -hmm. and already that's how I'm starting the day it's a huge game changer yeah yeah and it's just a way like we, I don't even remember why we started it. I think I heard about it somewhere or something, but it was like something I really knew that I needed was to bring more gratitude in my life. And like, what better way to do it than with a friend of yours where you can also hold them accountable for the things that they want to do in their day and ask them about it. But then also like, like you're saying, start your day off with gratitude, even if it's a rough day, because at least, at least it's like, okay, I had a really rough day today, but at least this morning 
I practice gratitude, even if it was just for a minute. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Our next question. It's a long one. Let me see. Okay. How do you balance sharing your struggle and illness with being able to have normal, healthy convos in time with your friends? I feel like my friendships lately have been centered around how I'm feeling and things like that because I've been in a health crisis. I want to find ways to get, I'm struggling reading today. I want to find ways to get to have the normal fun times with friends too, even when I'm exhausted and miserable a good portion of the time. So how do you balance sharing your struggle and your illness by still being able to have normal, healthy friend time? (laughs) Okay. um, I'm not my diagnosis. I'm not my illness. I'm not I am Michelle. I am not endometriosis. I am not PCOS. I am not utter exhaustion mm-hmm. <laughs> along with it. Like I'm a human. Um, and so my identity doesn't lie in that. And so remembering that it doesn't always have to be about that. And I understand everybody's chronic illness is different. Your experience is different. How it affects your life is different. Um, but you have to remember that that's not your identity and you have to focus on the fact that it's not your identity. It's not who you are. It's just something that is a part of you. Um, and it's not necessarily something that's happening to you. You know, it's not somebody didn't just like point at you and say, this one shall have X, Y, Z. Um, so when I'm with my friends, I don't, First of all, back to like one of those previous questions where I said I had to learn how to say no. I had to have, I had to, I've had to learn what I need. And if that means that my friends have invited me somewhere, but I can't because I'm too exhausted, exhausted, or I'm too tired, or I'm in too much pain, then I say no. Um, but when I'm not too exhausted or tired or in too much pain, I don't focus on that. I pour my energy into the friendship and into the activity that we're doing, even if it's just sitting around, you know, having a glass of wine, watching a movie or, or talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm also the type of person that I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to talk about, I like to share about this stuff from like an advocacy standpoint, but I don't like to talk about like, this is what's going on with me. Everybody mm-hmm. like needs to know what's happening to me today. You all need right. to know that I've been having a flare up this week and sleeping with my heating pad. <laughs> that's just not me. Yeah. Um, so that's another piece too, is that you, for myself personally, I guess, not in a general way, I, I had to remember that I'm not my diagnosis and everybody doesn't need to know about my stuff. You've talked about like, you trust those people with that information. I know the people that I can trust and I can talk to if I'm having a bad week. Um, and I'll share that with them, but then I, I, I have boundaries and you know, if it is a bad week, I'm not participating with friends. And if it's not a bad week, then I'm participating with friends and I'm just with my friends and I'm just Michelle. I'm not endometriosis and, and utter exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. That separation is like huge. And that to be honest is, it was a worry that I had when I decided that I kind of wanted to focus on helping people that are within a chronic issue journey somewhere was I was afraid of that boundary. Like I was afraid of pushing that a little bit too much. But for me, I'm at a really good place where 
I still have bad days. Like I still, you know, my levels are off and things like that, but it's not, like you said, it's not who I am. It's not like overtaking my life, anything like that. And I try to focus on other things and like, you should have friendships that aren't just a friendship because they also have Hashimoto's because they also have a chronic illness. Like I have a friendship with you because you also love this or because of this, or like we love to have wine together or we both love brunch dates or we're in a book club together or something, you know, like find friendships where that isn't the only thing that you talk about. And honestly, as someone that like, I, I do, I'll be honest, I do talk about myself a lot and sometimes I talk about it too much. So one of the things that I had to learn a few like years ago was going into a conversation and purposefully not talking about myself to start. So I would like ask people what they were doing and then we'd get into a conversation about like something they were passionate about. And then the whole conversation would go in a different way. And there wasn't even time for me to tell them that I had Hashimoto's. Like when it was so top of mind and that's all that I could think about, I took it back and I would like, that was the time when I would push into my friendships and try to gain energy and like learn cool things from them at that time. Because I, at that time, all that was in my head was my diagnosis and how I was feeling So I would like lean into my friends at that time. So I think it's just setting those boundaries, like knowing, knowing yourself enough that if you're, you know, if you need to have a day where you're like talking about that stuff and and you need to get it out, like definitely do that. That's what your friends are for. But setting those boundaries, not only with them, but with yourself, like, okay, not everything's about me. Like not, I am not my illness. Not everything is about this. How can I support this person today? And like, maybe let's focus on them today instead of me. And then you'll be surprised. Like for me, at least it always makes me feel good. Like if I can support someone else and then maybe I forgot about those symptoms that I've been having all day because I was so in like ingrained and interested in what they were talking about. But I don't know. I think like friendships can be difficult, but I think we, we make them more difficult. Like if you don't want to talk about your illness as much, then don't. Like if you are in a, having time with your friends and you're worried about like, like having a regular friendship, then focus on having a regular friendship. Like don't talk about it as much. Like it's kind of all up to you and kind of in your own, in your own hands to change really. I think that also like what that last thing that you just said, it goes the opposite way too. Um, be cognizant of your friends and their energy. If you, if you want to talk about your stuff, that is totally okay. Mm -hmm. But recognize if your friends are receiving that, Yeah, you know, like, if you, if that's all that you're doing, and it's not to say that if your friends aren't receiving it, that they're not your friends, it just might be that they don't have the space to hold that for you. Yeah. Um, and you have to be respectful of that because otherwise that friendship won't last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that kind of just goes into boundaries as well, which we've talked about just with outside stuff. And sometimes with like the, the social media stuff, like 
you know, people, because I talk about my chronic illness, because I, I have people on my podcast that talk about chronic illness, because I have a coaching program helping empower women. Um, it's still, you, you need to like, how do I say this? Like, I don't want to say you need to ask someone if they're willing to hold that for you, but you have to be, like you said, cognizant of people and how, how things are affecting them so that you're not just like bombarding them with your woe is me story all the time. And like, you know, you're going to lose that friend if you're not also like supporting them and how they're feeling and listening to the fact that like, I can't hold this for you right now. I have my own stuff to hold. I have actually had a friend ask me, do you have the mental space to receive what I need to share right now. And oh, like, wow. that's okay. And like, if you don't have friends that you can ask it that way, that's totally fine. You mm-hmm. know, some people don't know how to specifically say it that way, but like, like you just said, do it that way. But if you feel comfortable enough to say like, Hey, like I'm going through something right now, I'm feeling some type of way. Like, can I share this with you? Do you have the space to hold it? It's okay to ask that of your friends mm-hmm. and maybe they'll look at you confused or maybe they'll be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but it's okay to ask for what you need ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Question from Instagram. Can you maintain relationships with friends who you feel invalidated by? And if so, how? I mean, my initial thought was no. Um, I think I've, when it comes to, it'll get to a point, you can try. You can try and you can, you can try to get the person to and not necessarily validate you because I don't know that you should need validation, but if you need support and they're not supporting you, um, that's not really a friendship. Um, it needs to be, it needs to be both ways. And I can tell you this from experience, like, and sometimes you'll have friendships that are very supportive and are very validating. And then they become not that because different things happen in people's lives and they, you know, not everybody's meant to stay forever. Um, but personally, I I don't know if invalidated is the right word, but to me that is coming off as more of like a support or like held um, if I feel like a friend isn't doing that for me, I don't know that that's a friendship that personally I'm going to invest in. But what do you think? I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like not even thinking in the chronic illness space, um, just in general, like, would you want to be friends with somebody who doesn't make you feel like you're a friend yeah. <laughs> or like they're your friend? Would you want to put time and energy into a relationship or a friendship when you're the only one putting the time and energy into that, would you want to continue to do that? No, like I wouldn't. Um, If I get to a point that I feel like, hmm, maybe I'm the only one making the effort here for this friendship, for this relationship, then it's not worth my time and my energy. Aside from it, I think it also comes down to like, like you said, not invalidating stuff. I don't need you to validate me or my disease or my chronic illness or my symptoms or my bad days. But like, it also ultimately comes down to like, do you respect me as a human being? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are not reciprocating the effort that I am giving you with my friendship, then no, that is not something that I want to continue to pour into. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about that energy, that time, that like, 
you know, we as humans, not even just people with chronic illness, but just as humans, we have a certain amount of energy that we have every day. Some people have more, some people have less. Some days you have more, some days you have less. And you have to decide like, do I want to keep investing and putting this much energy into someone that isn't even giving me 50% of that back? Like, and I can tell you from someone that did that for years that you will eventually get burned out and you will eventually the hurt that it feels to end a friendship, it's just going to be elongated, you know, like, and like I said before, you can leave a friendship and you can always come back to it. I mean, we've done this. We've had, we've had times where we haven't been able to be there for each other in the way that we needed to, or we needed some time apart. I mean, when you're friends with someone for almost 30 years, I think it makes sense, but like, you know, and, but I think we always knew that we could come back to each other. So, and I think, um, and that's, that is rare. I will say that we have a very, very tight friendship, but there's just some people that are going to be there for a season. And there's some people that are going to be there forever. And, and that's okay. Um, like I said before, when I opened myself up to more, um, loving friendships, they came. And when I let go of friendships that weren't that way anymore, I was open to, to new relationships. So, I would say no if you're if you're feeling invalidated or you're feeling disrespected or not getting the love that you need from anyone that it's okay to stop investing as much of your time into that person. Totally but, agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on today. Is there anything anything else that we didn't touch on on the friendship aspect that you'd like to or just anything you'd like to Tell people. No, I think those were awesome questions. Yeah. Um, and I think that they pertain to anybody, not just inside of the chronic illness space. Um, and it was fun. Thank you for yeah. having me. Of course. Yeah. We'll have to, maybe this is something we can do. Like, I don't know, like on a quarterly basis, we'll just ask people for questions. We'll do like BFF chat. <laughs> like, I'm all for that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on today.